shape us in our thinking. It goes back to the canvas I talked about last week, where the European news just gives you the truth and doesn't try to slam it, right? And um, I guess that's how the news used to be years ago. <laughs> but it's, it's gotten away from that. But, you know, that's okay because as I mentioned last week, we get exposed to things that God never intended for us to be exposed to, but Christians, we get exposed to the things of God on what the Lord intended for us to be exposed to. Amen. His, his word, fellowship, worship, right? These are things we get exposed to, and these are things that we can carry with us as we go. Amen. So we at Hebrews 11. All right. We'll begin at verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign co country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child, when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Verse 12. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, and truly if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen. 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 So, you know, we all know about Abraham. Right? And he's also known as what? The father of faith. Mm -hmm. Right? And really, by faith, we are, as born-again believers, we're descendants of Abraham. By faith. And uh, we know the Arabs. We know uh, uh, the Jewish people. They're descendants of Abraham as well. But because we are in faith, we are also descendants of Abraham. And as I mentioned, you know, he's known as the father of faith. And sometimes we can paint the picture as if, you know, Abraham, not that he didn't have to go through, but that he never faltered. And this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, because what happens is this, when we become born again, it's just a little bit of, little bit of faith it takes. A little bit of faith, and then the Lord meets us where we're at, right? But we should continuously be maturing in faith, and we should be growing in faith, right? So the way I am now shouldn't be as I was 20 plus years ago, 25 plus years ago, right? I should be more mature in my faith. And, that, and that's how Abraham had to be, right? Because Abraham, we know he received a call, right? So let's turn to Genesis uh, 12. Actually, go to 11 first. We'll start at 11, verse 27. And then we'll go to 12. 
chapter 11, beginning at verse 27. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot, and Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah. The name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter's daughter-in-law, excuse me, Sarah, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Let's go to verse, uh, chapter 12. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Amen. Amen. So Sarah, we see in chapter 11 that Sarah was actually barren. Right? We're all familiar with that. She was barren. She couldn't have children. So back in the day, that would be considered to be a curse. If a woman couldn't have children, that would be considered to... to to be accursed. So now we see here in chapter 12, looking at verse 1, where the Lord makes promises to Abraham. He tells him first to get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land I will show you. Now, God tells Abraham to go, to leave, but he doesn't tell him where he's going. And see, sometimes, you know, as born-again believers, God will speak things to us, but we want to know how we're going to get there. Right? We want to know how we're going to get there. Or even if it shows us, well, Lord, what's the direction? And then sometimes what happens, it says, I think I said it last week, we want to help him out. Right? We want our own Hagar. <laughs> and then now, instead of giving birth to Isaac, we end up giving birth to Ishmael. Right? And it doesn't mean that all of Ishmael is bad because we know in Genesis that God said he was still going to bless and multiply Ishmael. Right? So sometimes we can do things, try to help God out, and it appears that it's working. But it doesn't actually mean that it's God's perfect will. Right? Because sometimes he'll let us go and make that mistake. Right? He won't let us fall completely off the cliff. But he'll let us go. But what we have to learn is this, that along the way, what he's trying to do is what he did with Abraham is test us along the way. Right? So even as we're going through, and even going back to uh, what we read in Hebrews, Abraham... And just like us, we're sojourners in this earth. Right? That means sojourner means a temporary resident. Right? But even though we're the fact that we're temporary residents, we still have the things to do. We have things to do for God. And we all have different things to do for God. But we have to trust God to get there and not try to help him out. And what we want to do a lot of times is go into Abraham and Sarah mode and try to help him out. Right, so, going back to uh, Genesis 12 and, and 1, God told Abram to get out of his country, his family, and from his father's house. But actually, Abram didn't leave his father's house right away. Because he started out in Ur. So what do we know uh, about Ur? Ur was, well, we know about Teron and, uh, and probably Abraham and his sons, that um, they were idol makers. So they were pagans. 
Here God called Abraham because we, we, we read in Hebrews 11 that God called him out. Well, guess what? As born-again believers, God calls us out. Because church in the Greek actually, actually means ecclesia, right? So this is what that word means. A gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place, right? So it doesn't actually mean that we have to come to a building with a steeple. No, because we can have church anywhere, right? Amen. We can have church in the cat, right? We can have church anywhere. As, as God's body, as his children, we are the church. Right? So he has called us out, and we have to adhere to that call. And we can't try to get ahead of him, which we're all guilty of. Right? We're all guilty of. But he wants us to wait on him. He wants us to trust him along the way. But sometimes, because we're, we're, we're natural beings, we live in a natural world, that can become hard. Right? Or we may feel called, you know, to go into ministry or something. And then... We might start trying to flock to somebody that we may like. We might try to copy that person. And we have to be careful of that. Because, guess what? We're all uniquely made. Amen. Right? So we're all not going to minister the same way. And these are the things that we have to remember. So, how do I know that Abram didn't get away from his father right away? Let's turn to Acts. Remember, 11 said that he, he, he left with his father out of earth. Uh, we're going to go to Acts 7. We'll just read a couple of verses here. But here we have Stephen. They're accusing Stephen of being blasphemous. And they, just like they did with Jesus, here they are. They rounded up some liars <laughs> to come against Stephen. And here Stephen is now defending himself, but he's defending himself by speaking the word, the Old Testament, all the way up to Jesus. All right, verse 1, Acts chapter 7. Then the high priest said, Are these things so? And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. So Genesis 11 said he went to, he left earth to dwell in Haran. So God spoke to Abraham back when he was in Mesopotamia, but he wasn't obedient. He wasn't obedient. He went partially, why? Because he didn't want to leave his dad. And we can look at it today and we're like, oh, I'm good in leaving, I'm good in doing that. I, I'm, I'm, if I, that was me, if God spoke to me like that, I'm gone. No, he wouldn't. Because some of us now, we can't leave our families now. We can't leave our friends. Can't leave our homes. We don't want to give up those things. We hold on to those things. But we have to remember, we're just temporary in this planet. So those things are temporary too. Because guess what? Eventually, the Lord's coming back to us. That's a promise. He promised us that he's coming back for us as his children. So guess what? We should not be comfortable here in this world. But we have to go out in faith and be obedient to do what he calls us to do. And that's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did. And really, that's what Abraham had to learn to do. And we have to learn just like Abraham did. Because again, there's layers. There's layers. So even as Abraham went out and finally he obeyed, and again, what did he do? He didn't trust God for it. Right? When he got to Egypt, 
He went. And he did. He was scared that they were going to take his life because of his wife. Right. So he said, "What? Don't tell him. Don't tell him you're my wife." Right. But God intervened. Right. God intervened. He stepped in. And then we go further. What happened? Now Sarah offers <laughs> Hagar, and they start trying to help God out. Right. And I talked about. I mentioned last week. Now we. We, we see the results of that today, right? Which is really a shame because if Abraham was alive on earth today, he would probably be heartbroken by what's going on. Why? Because they're descendants of Abraham. So he wouldn't want that. But we have to learn to stay in faith along the way. Amen. So what we want a lot of times is we want to get to the end, get to the blessing without going through the process. And see, that process, a lot of times, can take a long time. See, because we hear, oh, just believe, just have faith, you'll have it. And then when it don't come, oh, that's because your faith is weak. No, Abraham had to wait years before Isaac came. That's right. He had to wait years. Sometimes we are going to have to wait years before we walk into the promise that God has given us. Amen. And then we may grow weary in that. We may falter in that. And we, again, may help God out. Well, how do we help God out? So, I'll, I'll make it personal. I'm talking about myself. So, even when I knew back in Connecticut, God called me into the ministry, I started trying to help him out. Trying to get in different ministry classes. But you know what? I don't know if you all ever pray like this, but I pray, Lord, if it's your will, let it be done. If it's not, shut the door. Shut the door, close it right away. And even though I was in good churches and there was ministry classes, God would shut the door. He would pull me out. Because he didn't want me to give birth to Ishmael, but he had an Isaac. And because I was trying to help him out, then guess what? I was in danger of giving birth to an Ishmael. Doesn't mean that God wouldn't have moved. Because guess what? He still blessed Ishmael. But it would never have been Isaac. And these are the things that we have to remember. We got to stay in faith and trust the process in order to get to Isaac. And we 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 shortchange it because we shortchange the process because many people in the body of Christ are giving birth to Ishmael, not Isaac. We're believing God for things and we're trying to help him out along the way. And then guess what? Somebody say, Well, I'll help you out, I'll do this, I'll do this. And then we go for it when it's not God's will. Because God's way is going to be a process. Why? Because he's trying to build us. He's trying to build us along the way. Not only just our faith, but he's trying to build our character. So now, can't, man can't come back and say, look what I did for you. Because man won't say that. And instead, it'll be, look what God did for me. See, that's what God, that's what Abraham was able to say. Look what God did. See, even when um, Lot and him, his, their, their servants were arguing, Abraham said, okay, Lot, you choose. But see, because he was still trusting God at that point, it didn't matter if even in the natural it looked barren. Because Lot chose the Sodom and Gomorrah area. Why? Because it was well watered. It looked good, but God still blessed Abraham in that. See, sometimes God may take us through somewhere, and it's like, 
ah, I don't know if God is in this because things become difficult, things may become hard, but when God is for us, who can be against us? That's right. And see, sometimes we go through life when we may find things, we may struggle and, 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 and might find resistance coming against our faith and we're like, oh, that must not be, I might, I might be missing God in this. No, we're not missing God. He wants us to continue to stay in faith and push on and trust him along the way and recognize and not grow attached to the things of this world. See, because along the way, he's with us. He's walking alongside of us, right? So even when we get weary, what? We go to his presence. We, we go to pray. And then now it goes back to what I said last week, the joy of the Lord, right? So it may look tough. It may look hard, but we just got to trust God. We got to trust God. And, and that's the whole thing. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a business, whether it's sickness, a loved one, what, no matter what it is, even at the point of praying for family members' salvation, we have to trust God along the way. And see, the enemy will want us to give up. Our, our natural minds will want us to give up. But this is why we have the Bible, too, to help encourage us. Even with Genesis 11, because guess what? Going, not Genesis 11, sorry. Uh, he was 11. Even in that, the Bible talked about uh, that they still died without seeing the promise. So that means they actually died in faith. Right? So that takes away what some television evangelists Faith preaching may say, saying, well, no, you're not in faith because, or that person's not in faith because they died. But the Bible doesn't say that about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because they didn't see what we see today. That their descendants was numbered as the amount of stars. In it. We can't count all the stars. Or the sands of the seashore. Right? We can't. They didn't see that, but they still stayed in faith. Trusting God. Even when God told Abraham, go sacrifice your son Isaac. What did Abraham say? Well, me and the lad will be back. <laughs> right? Me and the lad will be back. Right? But Abraham heard God so much. He recognized God's voice. Even back, going back to, see, when we hear God's voice, we know. There's no mistake in it. There's no, I think God is telling me. I, no. We know. See, God can speak through nature. He can speak to all things. So, even if he speaks through nature, we may, well, I think God's telling me. But when we hear his voice, especially on the inside of us, we know it. We don't forget it. We can reflect back. I can think of a lot of times where I heard his voice clear. Right? Now, going back to Abraham, Abraham was able to remember God's voice. It's not like he heard God's voice every day. But guess what? He's got Isaac. And Isaac is not no little baby back then. Isaac was probably about 11 or 12. And recognized, and guess what? Isaac wasn't fighting him. Why? Because he saw his dad. He saw his dad. Right? So Abraham takes the dagger out. And he says, Abraham, Abraham. Right? Now I know I can trust you. Right? He took him to that point where he was going to give up the promised seed. He took him to that point. God will take us to the point of even death. But we still got to trust him 
not fail. And we have to stand in faith along the way. Right? So, yes, we want to keep our eyes on God. But see, Abraham was able to see like this. Almost like the shape of a cross. <laughs> Why? Because his vision was big. Why? Because he trusted God. That's how our vision has to be. We have to trust God through the whole process of the work. So, Abraham is going back to uh, Hebrews. You can turn back there. Hebrews 11, uh, verse 8. So, the Bible says that he was called to go out to the place. That had to take faith. Now, you, you're in the midst of pagans and, and idolatry, and, and here you hear the voice of God saying, look, go to a place that I will show you. But, again, we have to get to that point to where we're going to trust God, even to that, to get where Abraham was able to get out and, and to go, even though he didn't go all the way, he was still left. And we have to get to that point to where we're willing to go and take a step out in faith and trust him. He just wants us to trust him. Amen. He wants us to trust him. And again, it's okay. It's not that we, we don't beat ourselves up when we falter. Because like we read on Wednesday, Peter faltered. Jesus didn't forget Peter. He came back to restore Peter. Right? But we can't fail. We can't fail. We have to trust God along the way throughout the whole process, regardless of what things look like. Right? Even regardless of how good we may have it on here on this earth. Right? Some of us do have it good. Some of us may not have it so good, so we're ready to go. <laughs> right? right? But no matter which side we fall on, we still have to have faith to trust God. Because we all are different. We all, God has a plan for each and every one of us with our name on it. And he wants us to get to the point to where now we're going to trust him all the way to where Abraham got to, where we're willing to sacrifice everything just for him. Right? Even if he says, give this away, give your car away, give your house away, make sure it's him talking to you. <laughs> but even if he tells us that, are we willing to trust him that much? Because now we may be trying to figure out the process. Well, if he tells me to give this away, how am I going to pay this? Or if he tells me to sow this, how can I pay this bill? Right? But God will make a way. He wouldn't tell us to sow something without having a plan. Amen. Right? Because even when we back living in Connecticut, we didn't have a lot. Right? But God would tell me to sow, <laughs> and I would do it. And we didn't really lack. Lack in the sense of we were able to still pay our bill, I should say. Right? But Checkbook wasn't looking too good. <laughs> right? But by the grace of God, we never bounced the check. <laughs> in church. We bounced checks other places. <laughs> yeah, we bounced checks other places. We didn't bounce in church.
He waited in expectation. That's how we have to wait for God. We, we have to wait in expectation, not say, oh, this is taking too long, so let me go ahead and do this. Amen. Let me go ahead and do that. No, he wants us to wait in expectation, like Abraham. Right? So even to the point where now, if it doesn't come to fruition, but guess what? Abraham's descendants still receive the promise. They still received the promise that was made to Abraham. God still rewarded him and honored him. And guess what? Even if he comes and takes us before we receive what he promised us, guess what we'll do? Hebrews 12 tells us we'll be cheering the saints on. We'll be cheering them on. We'll, we'll be a, a, a what? cloud of witnesses cheering those on. Those who may pick up the baton to carry on. So that word dwelt there actually means, translates in the Greek means, well the Greek word is parakos, means describing a resident alien. One who lives at a certain place but doesn't have permanent status there. See, this is why Abraham didn't have to get attached to things because he knew he was going to wherever God was calling him to. He knew God's plan. We can't, again, we can't get attached to the riches and, and, and the things like that our jobs, our businesses, our cars. We can't get attached to those things. But, yes, those can be blessings to us, but we still can't get attached to those things. We have to get attached to the blessed servant. And not, because when we get attached to those things, we end up putting our trust in those things. Mm -hmm. So then now, because we put our trust in those things, we want to hold on to it. Not only do we want to hold on to it, now we want more. Right? Because even if we don't have $10,000 sitting in the bank, we'll hold on to it. <laughs> and then guess what? It's still in our mindset, won't be enough. So if somebody could bless us with a large sum of money, it still wouldn't be enough if our heart and our motives are not right and, and focused in on God. Amen. Then it's going to be focusing on the things of this world, which is temporary. Because all these things are going to burn up one day. Right? We, and, and, you know, newsflash, we're going to go to heaven. Right? But we're not going to stay in heaven forever. Because the Bible tells us it's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. Right? And we're going to come back on a new earth. Right? And that's what we're, that's what we're moving to. To be able to reside forever with the Lord. In His presence. In His glory. Hallelujah. Amen? These are the things that we have to be focusing on. Right, because if we focus, if our mind and our and our motives are correct, now it becomes less about me, and then it becomes more about the Lord and other people. Why? Because God is love. Right. So now we 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 will become loving. And again, we are all different. We can't lock ourselves into. Oh, everybody's supposed to be a deacon. Everybody's supposed to be a pastor. Everybody's supposed to be an apostle, prophet. Or even a helper. Because if we're all one thing, then the body will not function. That's right. The body won't function. All right, before we close out, turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Okay. We'll finish up here.
concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So there are different, different ministries and things like that, which is why we can all have different ministries and still come together and still function as one, as a church. And, and, and the problem is we're trying to fit everything into one category. And, and, and see, this is the mistake that we make a lot of times. We're trying to find a church where it fits what we're used to a lot of times. And we've been guilty of that. Instead of trying to find a church where God may lead us to where it may be different. Right? Different to where now we may be at a church that may not pray a lot, even though we may like to pray. But because they don't have prayer doesn't mean we don't go there. Now we go there and now we can institute prayer. Right? Or if everything is just, oh, I just want to do outreach. I just want to do outreach. So I got to find a church that does outreach. No, maybe you might need to go somewhere that has, that doesn't have outreach. <laughs> right? These are just examples. I'm not telling you how to be. <laughs> but these are just examples because I, 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 you know, I've come across people say, well, some of you, the pastor, your job is to go out there and evangelize. No, that's not my job. My job is to shepherd the sheep. Amen. Shepherd the sheep. Right? So now in the midst of, if you call the event, to be an event, go evangelize. You don't need to wait on me for that. Right? So, the, because if you wait on me and you're waiting on everybody else, now, you're probably not doing what God calls you to do. Because you want to drag somebody along. You can't do that. Because, well, you actually you can, <laughs> depending on how much they weigh. <laughs> but it's going to be harder to do. And it's going to slow us down. Right? But just go. Do what God calls you to do. And if we do that, now we become a body that's fitly joined together. Right? And then now we can grow. And guess what? More important, you grow. You grow because you're doing what God calls you to do. And this goes back to those layers. Because he's trying to build us up in faith. So, you know, we should not be the same today as we were five, ten years ago. Right? But we should be growing. No. <laughs> right? But she, she, she did it. Right? By faith. Amen. By faith. That causes growth. And she's going to speak again. Amen. <laughs> but it's by faith. Amen. Right? So we, we're going to face ourselves. We're going to, not face, we're going to find ourselves in situations that may make us uncomfortable. And that's okay. Right? It, it, it's okay. It's part of God's process. And we have to trust him in it. And that's how, again, that's how we grow. Because if we're always doing the same thing, 
that we're used to doing, then we're not going. Sometimes we got to expose ourselves to something new. Right? So if we're not used to sharing Jesus with somebody, now he may want us to. Right? If we're used to sharing Jesus with somebody, he may want us to do something different. Why? Because it's growth. Mm -hmm. Too many people in the body of Christ are stagnant. Amen. Because there's no growth there. And how do we grow? By faith. Day by day, by trusting God throughout the process. I was going to read more, but I'll stop right there. Mm -hmm. Amen.